Hey, bra. Hey, bra. Hey, bra. Welcome. Welcome to the hey, bra podcast. podcast. Nice. I hate it when we do it. <laughs> um, what have you been doing? No, it hasn't been a busy week for me, yourself. Oh, really? Because I remember releasing a third episode in seven days of a multi-million well, follower podcast. Well, actually, it wouldn't be podcast. seven days. Because... Oh, well, actually, yeah, no, I would, just about. Because we record this live, don't we? Yeah, we should. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Today's Tuesday, and as we know, Tuesdays are... Terrific? Terrific, yeah. Hey. Hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, why is it called the Abra podcast? Abra. All right, that's done. <laughs> now, the reason that we're, we're skipping past all that stuff is because this episode... Now, we don't claim much in this podcast. We don't claim big... We don't claim grand. I mean, we do claim big quite <laughs> quite often. Beside that, apart from all the times we've claimed that that was we the best episode, we don't. We don't big. because at the time live to when we record these, it is the biggest and best. And episode. this episode, I think, is our biggest. Is the biggest. So if you list, if this is the first episode you're listening to, don't go back because you'll be disappointed <laughs> because nothing well, will compare to this episode. I think they should go back because we're going to hit on topics that we talked about in the last episode. That's true. Listen to the well, last episode. So this is the thing, right? We may have released an extra episode this week, but... Last week. Last week. Within this par- past seven days. Correct. Is what I was alluding at when I said week. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I forgot what I was going to say, so fuck well, Either one. So the episode we released... We released oh. a double episode last week because yeah, it just couldn't this wait. This has been one episode, essentially, that we've had to break up into parts because it's just been so massive, big and good. It's true. There is a... Uh, to give some context, Mac has found a true conspiracy. Not a theorised one. It is proven. Oh, well, is that we, right? More or less. Would you say conspiracy then? Or would you say... I'd say it w- is a conspiracy, yes. But it I would is, say... Na- I would say conspiracy fact. <laughs> okay. It is named... We will touch on elements of conspiracy theory in this chat, but I will highlight when what I'm talking about isn't proven or... Yeah, sweet. And the topic area you're talking about is Odessa. Can you just give a quick well, run through? Well, it's not. Uh, as oh. I talked about on the last episode, Odessa gets kind of the most coverage when it's really the spinner, which is the spider, which was working in the background. Okay, and what is this all about? Why are we starting with my bit? Didn't you have a bit? Yeah, I did, but I just got to give some context, then I'll do my bit, then we can do your bit. Well, why wouldn't we give... (laughs) Just keep going! Okay, uh, so if you missed last episode, uh, there's Nazis still in power up until the 70s and maybe even later. In the US. In the US, in South America. Uh, We'll look at Africa today. I know it really just kept going. Like, oh I, my god! I honestly thought it was like okay, South America and maybe a bit of Asia with Vietnam and Indonesia. It's like, oh, pretty much all of Africa was involved too. France was involved. Oh, Jesus! So, so before yeah, we move anyway. on, Maka messaged me the other day, going, "Now we've had two times we've brought up a topic on this podcast. It is episode twelve now." And the topic was Hitler escaping oh, to fuck. Argentina. Actually, I forgot I actually answered this question. And Maka said, I think I have something. I'm not going to tell you what my answer is because we've disputed it. Now, from what I've been going off, there is no evidence that Hitler died in the bunker whatsoever. This is great. Oh, this is and good. Maka has to believe that he did die in the bunker. Now, they claim they I, burned I have the... always claimed on the podcast there is evidence that I, I've said in the past Hitler definitely died in the bunker. Yeah. And I'm happy to say 
without a doubt, oh. that Hitler died what the in fuck? a fucking bunker. What the fuck? Where'd you get that from? I thought you were going to say you escaped. I know you thought. Why I, would you I, message I, me uh, that? I was excited all week. Exactly. You're an asshole. Yeah, because you ruined this is everything. how good I fucking feel now. No, I'm, I'm out of this podcast. So, fuck this. Uh, oh, Jamie told me to look up a book called Grey Wolf. Grey Wolf. And you know what? I didn't realize it was a book at the time. It is. They made a documentary on it. So I looked up the documentary and watched the documentary. Movies never better than the books. I'll, I'll give you that. But we'll get into some things about the movie. And oh, this is great. Well, what do you got? Prove it. So oh, the first thing you claim does have something. Was Damn it. <laughs> that there was. And no that's all we got time for, <laughs> folks. Thanks for listening. There was never a body found, right? Correct. Okay. So the Russian FSB. Mm-hmm. Uh, then later claimed to have found a body. Correct. They were given six bodies to take photos of. Yeah. One of them w- blew the whistle on them, and they bu- they announced it was fake. Then they claimed they burnt the body. Yeah, and then they later claimed that they had a piece of the body. Yeah. Which you then said was a middle-aged woman. No, a 63-year-old woman. Sorry, okay, a 63-year-old woman. And it's rude to know a woman's <laughs> age, but this is relevant. After months of negotiations, the Russians' FSB Secret Service and the Russian State Archives gave the researchers permission to examine a skull fragment and bits of teeth. So Tw- this 2013? A, uh, it was actually 2016. Uh, yeah, no. Nah. in France. Yeah, I, I'm aware of this. Go on. Yeah. So the piece of skull had a hole on its left side, consistent with a bullet wound. Correct. With black charring around the edges. Those scientists weren't allowed to take samples from the skull. They noted in the study its shape seemed totally comparable to radiographies of Hitler's skull taken a year before his death. Okay. Yes, I, d- I am aware of that. So, <laughs> so you're aware that the teeth are comparable totally to previous documentations of Hitler's skull. Did you say just say teeth? Yeah. What? His skull or his teeth? Well, the the radiographies were of his whole Okay. Skull. Have you seen those radiographies? Well, that, no, no, because I'm they have been changed and they've been switched around. Also, is this, this what, body doubles... No, stop, stop. Because is this... What they say in Grey Wolf? No. Okay, where, where'd you get that they changed these? Okay, so you're Netflix. So Netflix. It, it was on Netflix. Okay, we'll get into Grey Wolf because, you know, this was a really interesting documentary. I, I, I found the document... Documentary? Documentary. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I found the documentary quite inter- interesting. So then I looked up into the, the history of the documentary. So... You're uh, f- you're an asshole. Yeah, fuck, fuck. I fucking am. <laughs> so uh, the the documentary was made by two people, Dunstan and Williams. Uh, British historian Guy Walters describes Dunstan and Williams' theory as two thousand percent rubbish. Uh, when the book pub- was published, Walters added, "It's an absolute disgrace. There's no substance to it at all. It appeals to the deluded fantasies of conspiracy theorists and has no place whatsoever in hysteri- historical research." Don't interrupt. Multiple people <laughs> have now tried to distance themselves from the movie and said, "Oh yeah, they completely misconstrued what I was trying to say. Took me out of context." Uh, Ricardo Alawai who was a person in South America. can't remember who he was in the documentary. Why do I keep saying that wrong? You're fucked, because you're wrong. You're wrong about everything. I keep keep trying to think documentarian, like the person who makes it. I I suppose so, yeah. But anyway, 
In 2013, the film was hit by a further scandal when Abel Basti, an Argentine journalist... Sounds like a fake name. ...alleged that the Grey Wolf film and book had plagiarised his work. I do remember this, yeah. And so then I looked into this Abel Basti guy. <laughs> the cunt is absolutely crap. And he's just a conspiracy theory nut. So... Wrong. 100% Hitler died in the fucking bunker. 100%? Uh, I'll say 99. All right. Oh, so I'm going to do further they research. Test, they tested, like, weeks before he um, committed suicide. Yeah. He tested s- cyanide pills on his dog. Why would he be doing that? Where is your evidence of that? Okay. I mean, I can get it up. Now... Jamie dogged us. Jamie dogged us again. Again. So there's no Jamie today. There's no Jamie in this podcast. There's no you in this podcast anymore. There's I, no Hitler in Argentina. It's a fucking shit start. I knew I was going to get you so oh, good. You're with... a dick. I'm, I feel... I'm, you know, there's going to be a Hitler in Argentina part four next week. I'm going to refute every fucking claim you have. Um, Hitler, dog, suicide. Yeah, oh, we've got to Google our own shit this week. Fuck you, Jamie. If you're listening. Does he even listen? Uh, uh, Blondie, Hitler's dog, cause of death, cyanide poisoning, 1945, April 29th. Oh, that is... Four days after Hitler died. What the fuck? I don't think that's... I mean, you're really good April with April 25th was was the day that Nazi Germany fell and Hitler died. Hitler died. <laughs> Hitler's death. All right, let's look it up. Uh, 30th of April. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so a few weeks before, the dog gets the cyanide pills, oh, does it? A and day before. A da- thank you. That's more like it. Get your facts wrong. I mean, that's... Nah, b- I've just... <laughs> nah, you got your facts wrong. The whole thing's nah, bullshit. Nah, it's all fake. Fake news. <laughs> So, all right, all right. We'll go back on to Mac's piece. was sickly. Take a look at that. For a German Shepherd. Holy shit, it looks fucking skinny. It looks like it's died of it's cyanide like, yeah, poisoning, yeah, yeah. and then they've propped it up. <laughs> yeah, like marionetting. Remember we talked about that? Oh, it's a what is that noise? It's like there's a fucking earthquake outside. Hey, something's Jesus rough. Christ. Mac's house is just vibrating. Some fucking roughnecks running an engine or something. Yeah, probably. Anyway. Rednecks. Um, um, all right, so I'm going to do a piece. Yeah, now, what's your piece? So I'm going to be speaking about the murder of Darius Jasinczewski, a 35-year-old man from Poland, found by fishermen floating in the River Odra in Wrocław, Poland. Okay. Have you ever heard of this guy? No, I've never okay. heard of this. He'd been tied up, starved, tortured, and thrown into the river. There were no leads whatsoever. He was a, a nice guy. How did they tie him up then? Um, what do you mean? What? This, like is, this is in two, December 2000, like by the way. Yeah, not really. Uh. So he was found with feet bound together, a bent back attached to a noose around his neck, and a single piece of rope. It's a bit grim, but yeah. It is. Now, the slightest wriggle would have caused the noose to tighten even more. So it's like one of those cool knots where, you know, a the noose. Is, Yeah, oh yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> um, now, the pathologist couldn't tell if he'd been suffocated before or he'd been thrown and thrown into the river or if he drowned Mm. because the body was in the water for a bit now it was a very sadistic murder which was uh, what was so interesting and like i said there were no leads whatsoever he was a nice guy he had no debts outstanding the only thing they could find him was that him and his wife went through a bit of a rough patch got through it they were going to adopt a baby soon after interesting i like this this is good oh yeah it's good he was last seen leaving his advert. He owned an advert. Adver- fuck. Advertisement <laughs> We're firm. We're on our fucking yeah, list. I know. Oh, Jesus. 
He was leaving his firm. <laughs> I'm not even going to follow anymore. That he owned in Poland. Yeah. Uh, what type of firm was it? An advertising... F- advertising. Oh, fuck, see? Oh, <laughs> I know what you mean before. Anyway, so a major investigation was launched. Scuba divers scoured the river. Forensics combed the forest and hunted for clues. So well, the pathologist said he couldn't determine whether he was... Strangled he was straight. Was he, there something else? They couldn't. No, they couldn't tell if he was. He'd been like the cause of death was strangulation from the noose or from drowning. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So it was like, yeah, did he tie the guy Either up or, after yeah. the murder or like before? Yeah, well, I mean, you would assume if you're tying it up after, it's like a sign of something. But then, if Possibly, everyone yeah. liked him, who's the sign too? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like I said, he had no debts, no enemies, and no criminal record. And a lot of people said he wouldn't harm anybody. Uh, but in May 2001, about six months later, without a single lead, the investigation closed because they had nothing. And the press dubbed it the perfect crime. It was quite, was huge around Poland at the time. About three years later, uh, this guy was looking into it. He was like a cop and a cold case review, which they do every few years. Mm. And they noted, an officer noticed that his phone had never been found. So the service provider managed to trace his SIM card, Right. It's odd that they would never pick up on that from the start, isn't it? Well, he's I mean, a guy guy thrown into a river, tied up, like his his wallet and phone are missing. It's really like uh, I guess that's not, not the like most suspicious part, apart from the strangulation to well, death. Well, that's not a fucking robbery. Well, it's a phone in two thousand. Yeah, I guess it that, wasn't. That, as that bad. would be yeah, worth a lot more, yeah. Well not really. It's like a knock like it's worth a bit more, but I guess we're more keyed on to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, now we wouldn't really blink an eye if his phone was missing. You try and trace it, obviously. But yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, they found out it had been bought by an unsuspecting man who'd bought it on an internet auction in this, on the 16th of November 2000, which was three days after Darius had disappeared. So his body was found in December. He, and had this, he kept using the same SIM card. No, no, no. A guy bought it off a site, like an eBay kind yeah. of like online site. And he kept using the same SIM card. Uh, I think when they, he when he bought the phone, the SIM card might have still been in, and that's how they trace it. I'm not sure. Either way. But they, they, they're looking in. They say that he would have had to have still been using that SIM card at like a year later. Well, I don't know. It's just that that's, how they, that's how they traced it somehow. Yeah, which means the SIM card would have had to be on the phone, and he bought it three days after the guy died. No, he bought it three days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. So then he would have had to have the SIM card in there until the other guy starts looking for it. I suppose so. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll get into it. It was sold by user Chris Beast B7, an account registered by a name called Christian Bala. When the officer dug into Bala's background, he found out he'd recently published a novel called Amok, A-M-O-K. Oh, I do like this, don't I? It was a sadistic, pornographic, and creepy Oh, God. And as part of the storyline, the main character carried out a murder with alarming similarities to Darius's. And a quote, I tied in the noose around her neck, he wrote. He described the torture and murder of a young woman whose hands were bound behind her back. that he would... Do it to a man, then. If the like, yeah, you wouldn't want to name your, your fucking victim in a book. I guess so, but then also it's like the exact details of the crime. Anyone could pick up on that. That's that's true. And, but you, and you said so yourself. It was like the perfect crime in Poland. It was like widely. Yeah, because they couldn't find any leads or anything. Yeah. And he described the torture and murder of a young woman in the book, which is very similar to Darius's death. Mm. And 
and it was they were thinking, did he use inspiration for his own murder of Darius as the inspiration for the story? And there were other similarities, such as the narrator, like he sold the murder weapon, a knife on the internet on an auction site. Um, both Bala and the lead character, both Bala and the lead character, had been abandoned by their wives, had a company go bankrupt, and travelled the world and drank too much. Kind of like, kind of a bit of a rake, a bit of a womanizer. Very much a, like a, a Roman quest. This guy's literally just fantasized his own life. Well, this to guy... A, to only a little bit of an yeah, extent. From memory, this guy who was investigating it received so much like, oh, bullshit, you're just a conspiracy theorist. You're just like, you're an idiot. Well, I mean, everyone does until it gets proven. That's true. And like, he was a bit of a lone wolf. And they're like, it's just a coincidence. It's got nothing to do with it. I mean, but that's this, two on the nose, hey, I reckon. Well, one, the, the detective described the book, A Mock, as a roadmap to murder. But the book alone is nowhere near enough evidence to charge Bala for the murder. Fuck, really? But then eventually, about three years later, they found a motive, right? Uh, the year Darius was murdered, Bala's marriage and business had collapsed, and Bala was possessive of his wife, who'd kind of like left him. Now, her friend in 2000, uh, now, the friend of the wife of Bala, the guy who wrote a mock. Yeah, yeah, I'm following uh, in the summer of 2000, after Darius went missing, they had gone to a nightclub. And Byla's wife was talking to a man with long hair and bright blue eyes, who was Darius, the, mm-hmm. the dead dude. Now, his wife refused to cooperate with the investigation at first, until police started showing her passages from a mock, and the main character's wife in a mock bore similar similarity, like disturbing similarities to her. She admitted to going on a date with Darius during the time in which his own marriage was struggling. They checked the motel, but before anything happened, Darius admitted that he was married, so she left. So, Bala's wife and Darius go on a date, get to this hotel. Nice! <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you find out, but... Now, well, I, that's the thing. He, he broke down the front door, bashed her a bit when he found out, told her how he knew the motel they'd gone to and knew where Darius worked. When she heard that Darius had disappeared... She said she had asked Bala if he had anything to do with it. He told her he hadn't, and believing her ex to be incapable of murder, she just dropped the matter. I don't, if I ever ask someone, you know, like, are you involved in this disappearance? Them saying no is probably not going to convince me they're not, hey? Well, if it's someone you know, that'd be, you'd have a massive bias If there. I'm fucking asking them, I f- feel like I know the answer already, you know? Well, think about, okay, think of someone you hate, Right, and they piss you off one day, and you say to your friend, "Fucking hell, I hate him. I hope they die." And then they go missing a few days later. Your friend's gonna go, Look, "I know you hated him, but did you do anything about that?" Like, no, I feel like I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> ask. I just feel like uh, he probably did do <laughs> he it. He did what yeah, had to be done. Deserved it. <laughs> anyway, he ends up getting arrested. Yeah, Bala, and in September 2005, is arrested. 07, he went on trial. Now. They claim that Bala's novel contained details about the killing of Darius, which only investigated officers or the murderer could have possibly known. He can he tried to claim that all of his knowledge from the oh, case it came was from, from press. Yeah, or uh, came right, from press right. reports. But as the trial wore on, more and more evidence of evidence that was in the book was not in any press report. Right. Uh, and a mock only sold like a few hundred copies. It's a shame. After no, I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, after the trial. Top seller. Yeah, yeah. Um, But in the book, the killer gets away with the crime, but obviously Bala didn't. That's good. And at the end of the book, he says something like, I will kill again. So this guy's in jail now. 
Um, is it when's when's he set for release? Uh, what oh seven? He got twenty five years, so twenty thirty two. I mean, twenty five years—it's a long time. I don't think it's long enough for murder, eh? Well, he's already done half of it, over half. That's what I'm saying. It's quite short. <laughs> That's a life imprisonment, though. Yeah, but it, it's not. It's only twenty five years. Like life well, imprisonment that in is the states is life in prison. Yeah, right. Like we have twenty five five years here. I mean, I it's twenty like years here. I think the only mandatory uh things we have is killing a police officer it's like a mandatory 20 year sentence yeah, and uh, and a fucking I think it's the one punch shit like the coward punch stuff that's also pretty stupid like I know that coward punching is bad but like well I actually know that no coward punching is bad just hands down <laughs> but the fact that it led to all the lockout stuff but yeah we don't need to get uh, into yeah, that. yeah we, we did have to suffer for that alright well that, that's my piece done uh, that was good thank you uh, I've got I was, I'm actually quite surprised. Oh, I've got another one if a you can. Mark. Um, Just AMOK? AMOK, if you want to look that book. up. A mock. Yeah, the book's fucked. I've read, read it. it eh? Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Now, all right, I might as well do the other piece because yeah, it's kind of like fucked. So I'm going to be talking about, we talked about Diogenes a few episodes, who was the the biggest asshole in ancient Greece, the first cynic, you could say. The, you could say that because he was the first cynic. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be talking about Caligula. Okay. Caligula was the third of Rome's emperors. Uh, he's no, he was formerly known as Gauss, and he had a four. That. He only had a four-year reign between AD thirty-seven and forty-one. Is he the? He's the really young gun, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he like? F- no, no, that's Nero. Nero was just after him, and Nero was infamous for being fucked. We can I do thought it. he was like inf- no, it was it wasn't Nero was really bad. Nero was really bad. But wasn't Caligula like only sixteen or seventeen? No, no, Caligula was twenty five when he got to power. Now Caligula, now Nero was fucked. There's a story Does we could do it. Caligula Nero. Yeah. Oh wow. So it went Tiberius, Suetonius, Caligula, okay. Nero. Now Tiberius was no, sorry, Tiberius, Caligula, Suetonius, Nero. Okay. Okay. So Tiberius was Caligula's uncle. Tiberius, he got good rap in history. Not really the truth, though. He killed Caligula's dad. He killed, like, some of his family. Mm. And they say that Caligula was... They called him a uh, venom... A a snake growing in Rome's bosom. Because... Yeah, I think I had heard that. Tiberius got him to stay at his house. And it was almost like a taunt-like... I'm the man who ruined your life. You're going to stay with me now. Right. And like he was, Tiberius got a good rap in history. Like I said, he built infrastructure. He was quite popular. But there were many rumors of him like fiddling kids at his summer house. Well, wasn't it like, it was commonplace back then, wasn't it? No, not really. Not at all. Like I thought the Greeks were big into pedagogy. Well, no, this is Rome. This is Rome. Okay. No, no, no. The Greeks were into that kind of sodomy stuff. But no, so... Tiberius. I just assumed the Romans were into it too. No, no. Really? Well, not not kids at least. But like he used to, but like Tiberius. Gauss watched or Caligula. He watched Tiberius, his uncle, do all this fucked up shit, mm. such as raping kids, throwing them off fucking cliffs alive. Right. Now Caligula <laughs> they saw all this shit. Back then, just quietly. What's that? <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> um, he was now Caligula. Uh, he was a descendant of Julius Caesar. Uh, his father was Germanicus and Agrippina the Elder. Caligula means little is, boot. Okay, is Augustus Caesar Julius's dad, or they just have oh, the same last? I can't remember. Augustus, oh, I can't remember now. Either okay. way, we'll go on. So, uh, his father, Germanicus, who was murdered by Tiberius, was like a very well-known general. Mm. 
And he was known as Caligula, which meant little boot, because he was referenced to how little he looked in his uniform, which his parents dressed him in. Okay. Um, now, Caligula turned in to a bit of a fucking psycho. Uh, when Germanicus died, Caligula's family uh, fell in favour of Tiberius, and that's why he picked him. And, hang on. So Caligula took power at 25 years old at 37 AD and his succession was welcomed in Rome because Tiberius lost a bit of popularity due to these rumours like, amounting. He announced a lot of political reforms and recalled all exiles. Okay. In about October in 37, he fell really ill and it unhinged him mentally. And for the rest of his reign, he explored the most fucked up aspects of his nature I love now, I love seeing someone in power just go absolutely Okay, day. so Genghis Khan gets a bad rap, Hitler gets a bad rap, who's some other leaders? Mao, Stalin. Yeah. But in terms of a personal and getting excited and pleasured from the fucking stuff he did. See, yeah, that's the thing. This like, guy is unmatchable. For Hitler, right? Like it wasn't like it was more disgust. Like he yeah. he, he literally saw the Jews <laughs> as like a disease. He didn't get pleasure out of killing them. Yeah. But it yeah. was more like this is what I have to do to help. My like right, ra- racial purification. He yeah. thought he was doing the right thing. Caligula liked seeing people in pain. Yeah, right. So he he put money into a lot of building project. He moved all of the ships. Is in he this the one port. who does the lottery? Don't think so. Oh. He moved all these ships, right? So he could like from the whole port. It cost like so much money. It took so much time just so he could gallop between the ports and not be disturbed by any of the ships. Yeah. So, his relationships uh, with other individuals was turbulent as well. His biographer, who's Suetonius, his successor, often uh, says that Caligula came out with this repeated phrase, remember that I have the right to do anything to anyone. And he used to torment... He used to torment high-ranking officials and senators by making them run for miles in front of his chariot. If they, like, stopped, he'd run them over with his chariot, sometimes killing them. He'd have affairs with all their wives or he'd kill the senators. And there's many rumours that he had, like, incestuous relationships with his sisters. Now, he was tall, pale, and really hairy. And people used to refer to him as a goat. He then made it a capital offence to mention a goat in his presence. Punishable by by death. death. Yeah. He worked, um, and he, he embraced his ugliness, and he, there's many reports Was it of, a good looker? No, not at all. He used to practice terrifying facial expressions in a mirror. <laughs> Fuck. He, uh, he wallowed in luxury, allegedly rolling around in piles of money throughout the streets of Rome, mm. and pearls dissolved in vinegar. He used to dress up, wear wigs, and he wanted to appear anything rather than a human being and an emperor. There are yeah. So well, some of his other up, crimes right. is that he he used to get kids and their families to go into an arena and fight to the death, or he'd get a kid from a family, get the family to attend, and they would torture and kill the fucking kids. <laughs> and if the family is fucked up, if the family was not enjoying themselves, smiling and laughing and treating it like a festivity, he would kill the whole family. Sometimes the family would go along with it, watch their kid die and get tortured and murdered and raped and shit. And the family would have to act all happy and they would and he'd kill them anyway. He's so (laughs) fucked up. So he, uh, like, he put them into economic, like, he fucked them. 
the Praetorian Guard, which was kind of like the private army, they um, started a conspiracy against him. And uh, he claimed that he was a god, Caligula, pretty much. Now, before he died, he wanted his... He claimed that... What do you call it? Claim? He announced his successor when he died would be his horse. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they assassinated Caligula, went out the back, and killed his horse. I mean, you got to. <laughs> so I wrote a song called Fake It with the Dockers. Yes, I am familiar. And I do refer to him quite a bit in that song. Yeah, I thought I heard Caligula in that song. Yeah, Gear Up sees us dead and Caligula's named his horse. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of like. Yeah, I, like Ro- I really like that. <laughs> so, yeah. That that that's kind of, anyway, that's my bit on Caligula. So I've done a bit of the fucked up sadistic people for this episode. That Macca. was good. Thanks, brah. Hey, brah. Now we get to go into the lighthearted Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we get to go aspects. for a bit of happier, I'm happier to, topics. I, I was looking up that whole time. There, what was there's a Roman emperor who like used to hold hold lotteries. I do know. And I th- would just like throw snakes into the crowd and dead dogs. Now, I do know Nero. Nero, we can do another episode on. Yeah, okay, it was Nero. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do remember this. Nero used to get guests to come to his house, get them to dress up uh, and put them in cages as different animals and be mm. naked, and he'd pretend to be, like, some sort of ferret or animal, and he'd nibble on, like, their dicks and nipples through, like, the cage. Yeah, through the cages, pretending to, like, eat them. Like, yeah, oh, Nero was fucked. When did he, like... Put lions in his like grand in his mother's room or something. Yeah, he ended up. His mother was like a real seductive woman who wanted the throne, and she pretty much controlled the empire with Nero as mm. a seventeen-year-old. And Nero just lived it up. Actually, when I might as well go a bit into Nero. Yeah, go for it. Nero uh, started to cop a bit of hate because there were like people. There were a lot of homeless people, mm. and instead of like fixing that up, he built himself a giant gold palace in Rome. People got the shits. Anyways, he was a shit emperor. Until the fires in about AD 60, Mm. the fires of Rome. And Nero opened up his gardens to all the homeless people. He created laws saying that all buildings need to have a fireproof base. He uh, introduced reforms to like other infrastructure. Isn't it the worst when it's like the really shit people in history actually do some good occasionally? Well, here's what happened. He did good. And then someone let out a rumor that there was actually more room in his gardens, which there weren't. And then the people revolted and killed him. The one time he did something good, it backfired. What the fuck? Yeah, and then they killed him. Yeah. I, I've got a little bit here on Nero. He added poetry to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, he did. so he could win. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, no, he, he, Nero's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, there you go. Also, sorry, back to Caligula. You know that big, um, like, uh, it looks like the Washington Monument in Rome? Yeah. Uh, that the, Sorry, the Vatican ob- Obelisk. The Vatican so Obelisk, it, yeah. It would be in the Vatican, this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He brought that back from Egypt. Oh, in that's in Rome, isn't it? That's in the Vatican. Oh, shit. And Caligula brought that back. What a legend. Hey. No, no, I'm, I'm on board now. It was the centerpiece of a large racetrack he built. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to love it. Oh. All right. All so right. Let's do it, Macca. Let's get into the good shit. Ah, uh, oh, my fucking I mean, I leg. Know, I honestly don't know where to start anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Hold on. I've got a few. Where do, Where did we end last episode? That I want to address from last episode. Okay. So last episode we went into 
the what's the German spider web called again? Die Spinne. Die Spinne. Which is German for the spider. The spider. And so yeah. Last episode, I talked. I made a uh, a reference to that, like. Oh, up until the 80s, 70% of the West German government were Nazi officials. And we, I couldn't actually find this statistic. Well, uh, Jamie couldn't find this. Yeah, job. and Jamie's not here to find it this week, is he? Yeah, well, luckily... So it was 600, we claimed. Well, that's what it said online. Yeah, we, we I think... Yeah, around that. Anyway, I found the, uh, the document, and it's where it were East Germany published it. So, I mean, t- take everything with a grain of salt, because... The communists that published the this. commies, but uh, the Brown Book uh, is what the the book was called. Uh, War and Nazi criminals in West Germany: State, Economy, Administration, Army, Justice, and Science. Uh, and it mentioned over eighteen hundred names of former Nazis who held positions of authority in West Germany. These included fifteen ministers and deputy ministers, a hundred generals and admirals well, of uh, the armed forces. As we've described, eight hundred and twenty-eight <laughs> senior judges. Okay, that's a bit touch. And prosecutors. Now, when you say Nazi officials, two hundred and forty-five. It. Um, I'll, I'll get into it, but it ranges from kind of mid, uh, like low-level to mid-level Nazis. But you've got to also understand that. The denazification process in America, which is like their attempts at fixing and sorting out all the Nazis afterwards, was fucking abysmal. From the start, there was horrendous flaws in every aspect. Do you mean the Americans coming into Germany and trying to rid of Nazism? After World War II, I'm talking about. So yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Once Nazism has been defeated... They still had to deal with the fact that, oh, we've got a lot of Nazis still in the country. Yeah, yeah. So then people essentially got classified by where they were in Nazism. So top leaders went to the Nuremberg trials, things like that. Most of the middle management simply just went back to work. Yeah, yeah. The the, the problem that the Fran- there was the French zone. Uh, the like it kind of got split into all different international zones until it becomes East and West Germany. So yeah. there was a French zone, an American zone, a Russian zone, and a British zone. I think one just international. Yeah. So the French, a major problem they had was teachers. Literally, you know, like to be a teacher, you had to be part of the Nazi party, and they didn't want Nazis teaching anyone. Anymore. No, no. So they took out eighty percent of the workforce. And then after a couple months, they were like, oh, fuck, this, we can't replace these teachers and just brought them back. And then they went straight back to teaching. Th- this is after World War II. We're this talking. is after World War II. Jesus Christ. So we got a bunch of Nazis teaching kids. Now, when we say Nazi official, this is a loose term because anyone who was in some sort of business or rank in society was by law or like by you had to kind of toe the line you had to participate yeah it's uh, it's the same as like owning slaves in 1800s yeah yeah but you're right in saying it would be ridiculous to say that none of them still held those ideologies and put them in where in education for the next generation that's fucked as i before you rudely interrupted i'm sorry 245 members of the foreign ministry embassies and consulate officials all ex-nazis 297 senior police officers Ex-Nazi. Every every kind of 
police officer of a rank would have to be a part of the Nazi party. Yeah, it was all Nazi run. The state didn't like have any free I anything. Don't, I don't think I I don't necessarily think you can get away with just saying, you know, well these are the only guys that can run the country. We might they did such a good job last time. Let's let them have a yeah. run around too. Well, I think it's within the like police officers before That's tough. The, yeah, if they were police officers for 20 years, they were a police officer during the Weimar democracy. They were a police officer during the military dictatorship mm. before 1918. Like they, it's it's hard to say that they're just police officers. Anyway, no matter what political thing is run in our country, I still work as like a medic in some way, and regardless of yeah, but you're you're you you're not you don't have an allegiance like you don't swear in, even if you yeah, but it's a hard cop, to say like well that's what you're oh. saying with the cops like they wouldn't have some allegiance well, it's, it's uh, some probably would but well, it's the just their right. job title. Like, obviously, we prosecuted Nazis under the pretense of, oh, they, they said, oh, I was just following orders. Yeah. I mean, where do we draw the line of that? Well, the line was pretty severe in society. If you, if you spoke out and said, we might lose the war, you'd be killed. Yeah, but then, but then if you take it to, like, a cop in modern-day Australia, he's yeah. going to say the exact same thing. What? Like, oh, why did you do that? Oh, I was following orders. Yeah. So what's wrong with I, it? I think, I guess, the problem is paramilitary st- structure. It just in depends general. on what the ideology of all these individuals in these ranks were. Judges, cops, teachers. If they're still going, fuck yeah, white the, the, supremacy. The, the, the worst one for me, personally, is judges. Judge, yeah, ju- that's fucked. Because these are the people who are senten- sentencing like, yeah, people I, to death, torture. You yeah. can't... 828. That's, I don't know how many judges there are overall, but that just seems like a fucking high number. Anyway, so uh, the BKA, which was the uh, West German intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Um, the director said in 1989, well, today we know the Brown Book didn't contain even approximately all the rele- relevant names. For example, it only mentions three names from the BKA. The BKA... Being the West German spy agency. Oh, right. Wait, so, he, what he's saying in the late 90s, or in the early 90s, late 80s, is, oh, yeah, that book was, like, not even half of it. Of what? What are you talking the, the He's saying that the Nazis that were listed, he's saying, yeah, the numbers are wrong. There was way more. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure. You'd want to distance yourself from because that on any says, record. It only mentions three names in the West German spy agency, implying there was a lot more than three Nazis in the West German spy agency. Yeah, but this Nazi term is very loosely... Well, well okay, well, I mean, it's tough too, because especially in the modern day as well, yeah. you have, like, left-wingers calling, like, someone who's a f- homophobe a Nazi, which isn't necessarily true. They're just homophobic. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I know what you mean. They were officially members of the Nazi Party and officials. But you've got to understand too. This is the the West German spy agency. They're not picking up teachers and shit. Well, I guess teachers. They pi- these are people who were serving, like, in spy positions, in World War Two. Th- these are literally like, well, not SS soldiers, but Gestapo things like that. That's who they're rehiring. And it makes sense because you, they couldn't just try everyone after a war. It was a war. And 
That's why they're like, why the fuck were all the allied? Well, why were all the Nazis at the Nuremberg trials? Some of the Allied war crimes are like pretty fucking bad. Well, the the Soviets raping like half of Poland. Even after, like they discovered the fucking um, concentration camps, they kept them locked in there for months. The Allies. Yeah, because yeah. they they were like, we, there's not really much we can do with them. Like we can't well, when you're in, trying to like integrate them back into society right now because. But was that that wasn't a crime? That was more of like well, fuck. We need to keep pushing and keep pushing Hitler back, well, and no, we need to corner is, him. This is even uh, well after the fucking. There's some Jews that don't get out for five years plus. What in these fucking camps? Yeah, man. But they weren't getting like gassed and shit. No, no, no. They're, they're getting treated all right. No, they were getting treated pretty much the exact same. The exact same rations as like German war prisoners because the, the Americans were too scared to show preference. They were like, oh, we can't be seen preferring these Jews over Nazi war criminals. We have to give them the same amount yeah, of rations. I know. Himmler, have you seen Himmler's cell? He no. had a cushy little setup. Fucking, the European <laughs> trial cells are quite nice. Yeah, like, yeah. Better than some modern day Australian ones I've yeah. seen. I've but told you how Himmler was killed, didn't I? Is he the one who commits suicide in his cell beforehand? No, no, no. So he went. He fled to Argentina. Himmler was like second in charge. He claimed like he um, made the final solution, killing mm. the Jews. And I was at Auschwitz a few years ago, and there was this big ass gallows, and it was, and there like there's pictures next to all these Jews hanging from. And I look up, I'm like, fucking hell, there'd be feet hitting my head right now if like you know seventy. Yeah, it was, oh, was fuck. But then there was this other gallows, like in the corner. I'm like, what's that one? Was that another gallows to the tour guide? And he said no. After Himmler was taken out, I think in the fifties, he was taken out of Argentina. Nuremberg trials. They took him back to Auschwitz, where all these Jews were murdered, and they had a public execution of him. I, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's that kind of good revenge. Good. I d- have I defended the public execution system before? <laughs> Go on. On the podcast, I can't remember. Uh, no, I haven't heard this. Go on. Um, I feel like it's a lot better having public executions, even for like petty crimes, than locking <laughs> people up. What the fuck? Be- yeah, I know it sounds very <laughs> abstract, but think of it this way, right? So, um, I'm pretty sure this is a Foucault point, so I should probably read into a bit a bit more, but. Essentially, right, as, as soon as you get the, like, the prison industry and things like that, you start taking away the punishment from the people, right? Yeah. M- normally, when someone was being punished, it was for something pretty dramatic. And, you know, there was still, like, the chance for the person being punished to become a martyr in its own sense. Yeah. So, like... With lynching and stuff, like in the States in the 60s, because it's so public and you're seeing little black bodies hanging on trees, right? That's a lot more graphic and it's easier to, you know, get behind, oh, we shouldn't be doing that. Whereas with the prison system, it's very closed doors. You don't really see anything happening. And it's like and I would say the punishment is staying locked I'd, in a cell for twenty years, not but getting I, like tortured and shit in public. Because we uh, like yeah, but some would say that's worse. Like, what what tortured and shit? No, the the locking up wasn't because, that a good thing. You want them to be punished. Yeah, I guess it's well. What how do we deem our society as rehabilitative or punishment? 
Well, there's and a lot the of prison system is rehabilitative. Yeah, but you're guy. Sorry, it's punishment guised as rehabilitation. When you're in jail, like I've read a lot into this, you're you're in jail and they claim you do your time and you get out. But it's but bullshit. for twenty you years, at, you look at recidivism. But look, rates. look at how you're you're for twenty years you're surrounded with by criminals. What, what's going to rehabilitate you? Yeah, exactly. People telling you what's good and bad, or fucking criminals. Not just criminals, convicted ones, the best manipulative okay. people. Well, he, he, here's what do you think would be more rehabilitative, right? If okay, you get caught stealing a loaf of bread. You get locked up for like two years with a bunch of criminals who will more than likely teach you how to become a better criminal. Or you, in public, lose a hand. What's going to stop you from stealing bread more? I think the hand one. Yeah, I agree. And it's a bit grim. It's a bit gruesome. But it's going to fucking stop people stealing bread. That's true. Like, that's what they do in like fucking, you know, extremist... Islamic countries and yeah, places. I think I'm going to move to like <laughs> Iran or something. Uh, okay, we'll get back to the Nazi. This, this is one of our more freeform episodes, I feel. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I'll get, go on, though. Because I'll get my research properly organized because it is pretty spread. But yeah. Mac has got about 40 fucking tabs open at the moment. Yeah, I got to. What was I talking about before? So you were talking about how there were so many of these ex-Nazis in positions in society, and it's not that surprising. You need a country to get back up and running. You need people with experience that have done it. No, I don't think that's justifiable. I can, I can uh, see, I uh, see, I can see how you think it's justifiable. It's justifiable, but it's a double standard because how many fucking crimes were American soldiers? guilty of but weren't recorded weren't history is written by the victims yeah no I agree so the, the Germans took the fall the Americans are the good guys I'm saying that these guys literally become the Nazis well, what do you do how can you you're going to implement all your people to go over to Germany who don't even speak German to well, see, run their society I, it's like, so tough isn't it yeah but isn't that what they did in Japan that's almost like um, occupying a nation having well, a, yeah, they a did, government they from did an that op- in Japan yeah, How long oh, was yeah. Japan Did they? occupied territory? Why didn't they do it to the n- Western Germany? Because Oh, because the Soviets were next door? No, because the fucking Nazis. They're in leagues with each other. What, the US and the Nazis? Yeah, man. Okay, yeah, anyway. So, wh- what do you got, though? So, um... This is an unknown. This is, like, pretty common knowledge. It's just assumed knowledge, almost. It's it's out in the open public. It just it just doesn't get the recognition. Well, I don't see its significance that much. But what what do you got extra? You, okay, so because like I said, you need a country up so and running. Already in 1944, yeah. So prominent U.S. opinion makers had initiated a domestic propaganda campaign, uh, which continued until 1948, arguing for a harsh peace. Blah blah blah, uh, with a particular aim to end the apparent habit in the U.S. of viewing the Nazis and the German people as separate entities. So they're trying to say Germans are all good and we're buddy-buddy now? No, they're trying to say that, you know, the Germans and the Nazis have a collective responsibility for what happened. Oh, right. I don't necessarily agree with that. So the the U.S. is saying this? Yeah, so they start saying this in 1944, before they've even won the war. Well, it's not surprising that they try they and like get their win. nation to be on side with. But they're not. They're literally saying that the German people are, are somewhat responsible. After the war, though. Yeah, up until this, 1948. This, oh, okay, that makes sense. So, and so they stop, and then they they backflip that, do they? No, they never backflip that. Wait, what? 
what's why would they do that? It's like it seems counterproductive. Well, this is what this is my rationalization for it. Yeah, is as soon as you tie in the German people with it, people forget that the Nazis are like actual people. Like as I said last week, it's not you know every fucking teacher and every like the 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 teachers and the you know workers and shit may be complicit in the regime but they're not developing policy they don't care about what's like happening in the background yeah so yeah. once you lump everyone in together these key worker these key figures i.e. Otto Scarenzi from last time com- commando yeah yeah can get away with it because okay well it wasn't the Nazis it was the whole German people who were fucked up I suppose so. I, I still don't understand why they do that, though. If they... If Nazis are running the fucking CIA and shit. Well, well, that's... Well, this is... Uh, well, I mean, we don't really know. We know that, like... So, th- a little shout-out to Anthony Pickley. Anthony art. Pickley. Pickley Art. Gave us a good little tip with this one. Uh, Follow it. Uh, Prescott Bush being... George Bush's... George Bush Sr.'s grandfather. So, George Bush Jr.'s great-grandfather. How old was he? He would have been fucking old. Like, when was he born? Because uh, George Bush Sr. was president of... Was in, in the 80s, was he? Yeah, Prescott Bush. Jesus, he'd be so old. Did you, you well, know he was a, fun, a politician, too. You know, know a fun fact? The 10th president of the United States has two living grandsons. Who's the 10th president? Ah... Uh, so the 10th president of the United States was John Tyler, born in 1790. God, you, you looked that up quick. Yeah, I know. I, no, I knew it. <laughs> I didn't press pause. So John Tyler still has two living grandsons to this day. They were born... Now, they, they have quite a long history, this family, of having children really late in life. And he had a fair few kids. He was a bit of a go John Tyler. Mm. These two were born, uh, I think, they're both in their 90s now. So yep. they, like... He died in about 1850, 1860, and then their their dad had a kid when they were like 70 as well. Right. So like having a kid when you're 70, 70 and yeah, impregnating, you're, really you're gonna have a very long family that stretches a bit go. longer. So what, who who's alive today? He's two of his grandsons. grandsons. They're both in yeah, their that's 90s. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he was the 10th president, born in 1790. You know, Betty White, Martin Luther King, and Anne Frank were all born the same year. Who? Betty White, Martin Luther King, and Anne Frank. Oh fuck, we need to get on. Oh, Martin okay. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna do an episode on the Martin Luther King assassination. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so yeah, back to this. Go. Uh, God, um, newly discovered files in the U.S. National Archive that a firm of which Prescott Bush was a director was involved with the financial architects of Nazism. So previously, we couldn't link the Bushes to Nazism beyond. Uh, Operation Condor just being uh, about a whole bunch of right-wing coups. Yeah. But now we literally have direct links between the Bush family and the architects of Nazism in Germany. So, is this like how the... Uh, um, the evidence has prompted one former US Nazi war crimes prosecutor to argue that the late senator's actions should have been grounds for prosecution for giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Is this like how um Queen Elizabeth's uncle, who was King George's brother, was real good mates with Hitler? Yeah. Except... I think that here. except uh, the UK was against it, but the US Secretly. was. Secretly, yeah. There, there, there's a photo of the. Do you they were banging? The royals doing like a Nazi salute, like even the Queen when she was young. What the fuck? Hang on, 
Why have I not seen this photo? It's a scoop. No, it's not a scoop. Hey, where the hell's it. Jamie? I need this done. Royals Nazi. So it's probably photoshopped. No, I'm telling you. What? Let me see. Oh, and they say, oh, no, we were doing a Romans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Except you were doing it in the middle of World War II. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, so, yeah, Edward, the, the uncle who was mate, best mates with Hitler, 1933, he's showing the Queen the Nazi salute. <laughs> there you go. Like a secret film. Yeah, I can see it. Jesus. Yeah, right. Um, Looks strikingly familiar to you. Oh, so, okay, this is, I will have to get into this a bit more. IBM, the computer company. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 number on that gets tattooed on Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get, up, yeah, yeah. Up is, anyway, the people who go to the camps. Yeah. And an IBM number. Yeah. So without IBM, uh, uh, the the well, it's it's tough because it's an IBM German uh, company, but IBM America owns the German company. It's the parent company. Right, right, So it's right. a company within a company. Yeah, but yeah. But they could not have moved and, like, kept sort of that many people without the IBM computers. So you're saying that there were computers existing in the 40s? Very bad. Not a fucking laptop or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can show you what the computer looks I'm like. I'm pretty sure I've seen Hitler wearing an Apple Watch. <laughs> if you look closely, no... <laughs> Wait, so you're, what's the significance? There's a good book called IBM and the Holocaust. Right? And, and what's it saying? That, that the computers... With it, without the IBM computers, they couldn't have facilitated the mass movement of that many Jews, kept, like, kept track of them in the ghettos and then into the camps and then the people themselves. So you're saying that there's digital records that not we don't know of? No, not digital because <laughs> that's not necessarily... It was punch cards back then. Okay, so I'll show you what, what's the significance of it? Well, in the denazification process... Of West Germany, of no, well, yeah, West Germany in the American zone. Yeah, they use IBM computers that turn out to be really faulty and fuck up a whole bunch of the records that led a whole bunch of Nazis through. Ah, oh, and I'm sure it got rid of a lot of crimes too. Oh, I mean, this is literally you're turning Nazis into just average citizens that couldn't go back to work again. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of one of these computers. I mean, if it, is it in the interest of the greater good? I don't know. Like, if you got to leave a place that's just been bulldozed over by your but they country... they leaving. Huh? The Americans. Oh, well, no, the Americans. No, they had a the presence. That, wait, what? So they had to... So they're still in Germany, but they had to, like, go register themselves again. Yeah, yeah. And a whole but, bunch but no, of but in the in the... But like the reason to, to stay the there. reason America injected so much into that economy and like made it all free and democratic was because they didn't want a repeat of what had just happened. Now, is it in the interest of the greater good if you've got to leave a place and let it be to get people with experience to run it, regardless of their crimes? For but I mean, it's like the lesser of two evils. Made. They never fucking. Made. They had a presence, but they couldn't run the place in all like it's they tiny. Had NATO. Huh? Like NATO. What do you mean? In, for the Cold War, n- North American transatlantic. Yeah, but we're, we're not talking about an international scale. We're like, talking about your ge- local ge- police West station, Germany, right? Yeah, they weren't going to do anything that the Yanks like didn't want them to do. No, they, no I'm, a, were, I'm aware. Bitch, because half of them were fucking Nazis, and it was like, oh, we'll just rat you out again. Yeah, true. Uh, like literally, anyone involved, even tangentially. 
with the CIA up until World War Two just instantly becomes America's bitch, us in- included. And it's only until yeah. Whitlam that that really changes. And we'll get to that on a later episode. It's Goff Whitlam, a fr- friend of the podcast. Big friend of the Massive podcast. friend of the podcast. Potentially CIA kook. No. Which ties into Pine Gap, the joint CIA. I mean, as I said, it's half of this shit sounds like conspiracy. Okay, keep, keep, keep going. No, we'll get to that. That's all. I haven't done much. Rest. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, what's but the next thing you got, though? Because everything you come up with so far hasn't been like that out of the blue, apart from them false or forgetting records so Nazis could go back to work, mm. which could be but argued in the we, interest. So we know that they were Operation Paperclip, right? They were taking guys into NASA, um, lots of different. Uh, apparently, there was Nazis involved in MK Ultra and MK Naomi, which I only recently found it's about, Naomi. which was about biological weapons, so diseases and shit like that. From who? The Americans? Yes, yeah, so CIA operation. Jesus. Do you know much about the CIA creating the Taliban? Oh, yeah. The b- yeah. Oh, like Otto that, Sc- that's Otto true. Scarenzi. No. <laughs> so, Otto Scarenzi forms a group called the Paladin Group. Yeah. Which is essentially is just a like a fascist international of right-wing mercenaries. Yeah. Allegedly trained Green Berets for Vietnam. Uh, is involved in Colonia Dignidad, which we'll go into, which is... Yeah, never heard of that. Uh, Pinochet, back in South America. F- funded and trained the M- Mujahideen, which then later become... The Taliban, yeah. Well, yeah. because they, uh, they were funded... Because they were fighting the Soviets. Yeah, no, no. So, so Soviets the Taliban today. were a group that were trained and funded to drive out the Russians out of Afghanistan. Have you which seen then the end of Rocky Two? No, nah, I haven't seen any of them. Oh, fuck. Hold up. Give me the Rocky oh, theme not, song. Not Rocky, Go. Sorry. What's the other one? Rambo. Oh, the Sylvester Stallone. Oh, they're both Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, they're both. Yeah. Rambo Two ending. It's literally they put up at the end of the movie because it's the like late eighties. This movie is dedicated to the. Brave forces of the Mujahideen fighters. What? So this is before the Taliban were bad. Yeah. Jesus. What? There was that Australian who fought in them, with them back. This film is dedicated to the. Oh, they changed it. Oh, those bastards. Yeah, there you go. So they changed it to. So this film is dedicated to the gallant people of Afghanistan from that one. Jesus. So. The film is dedicated to the gallant people of Afghanistan, and then they change it to this film is dedicated to the brave. No, other way around. Oh, so originally it was this film is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan, which were the Taliban. Yeah. And then now they've changed it to the gallant people of Afghanistan. Oh, that's Jesus. So, what is Rambo Two about? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's. I don't know. I've not <laughs> seen Rambo. I've just seen that that picture. Yeah, right. But I think he's in Soviet Afghanistan. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. It was made in 85, so yeah, yeah. Like just after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Okay, so what else you got on this? I'm fascinated. Um, what was I talking about? We've almost hit an hour. We can do one more bit, and then we'll call it. I'll find a good... Like, as I said, this is going to take us a couple episodes to finally wrap it all up, but I'll get just, like, one good bit, I guess, for this episode. Oh, so, so Operation Paperclip, this is one thing I missed. They put scientists into Lockheed and Martin, which is a massive... They're the guys who invented the fighter jet for America. Oh, shit. And he's, like... St- st- like, this isn't, like, 
they're still a private company today. The, and this is the Nazis and the CIA made this. Well, this it was it, it existed before World War Two, very briefly, I think. Yeah, but they it started before World War Two, and then the Nazis. So the CIA put Nazis in it after World War Two. Yeah, right. Okay. But okay. Also, I didn't understand like the extent to where how high Nazis got. The director of NASA at one point was a Nazi. Yeah, we've talked about that. No, no, no. We talked about Werner von Braun. He was just a rocket scientist. Who are you talking about? Uh, we know Nazis I've got, got a too s- many fucking terms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. How about we wrap it up there? Um, we're gonna do a what's that? Oh, let me hold up. Let me go into the Paladin group. Okay, go, go, because that is good. Yeah, right, go. So yeah, Otto Scarenzi. Uh, after being in Argentina for a bit, goes back to Spain, starts up the uh, Paladin Group. So, li- stuff that they were alleged to be doing was... Um, oh, sorry. Also, started the Paladin Group started up by Scarenzi and US Colonel James Sanders, who was ex-CIA. And? Ex-CIA, I think, is the kind of... The, the spin that we get these days, but... Yeah. The stuff that they were, like, involved with. Have you heard of the Safari Club? No. So, it's essentially the anti-communist in Africa at yeah. the time. Who, I think it's after Watergate, right? Yeah. America actually finally gets spooked of its intelligence agency. And they seriously restrict the powers a bit. I think it's Ford? Gen- James Ford? Is it James? Yeah, it must be James Ford. Yeah. Republican. He, they get spooked by how fucking much, like, the CIA was involved in the government. Yeah, yeah. So they s- severely limited the CIA's powers up until, essentially, Reagan and Bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until the ex-CIA director became the president. Of course, of course. But until, like, okay, the CIA, their powers overseas are limited, but... The people are still in in there and they still have money and they still have influence. So what do they do? They start just, you know, planting ideas in other people's heads, i.e. the Safari Club, which was, um, I think mainly the French took over it, but hor- horrifically right-wing fascists involved in assassination attempts, political regime changes all over Africa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, the Paladin Group specifically get involved, as I said, training Green Berets in Vietnam. And when we get to Colonia Dignidad, you'll see where, like, you can see them testing out torture techniques and then, oh, a couple years later, they start ending up happening in Vietnam. But, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, it's a bit long-winded. No, it's all right. We'll go into it next episode. We'll, we'll wrap it up there, though. Uh, yeah. Hey, brah. Hey, brah. Oh. We've got a couple shout-outs to do. Nah. No? Nah. Fuck <laughs> right, Flynn, Flynn, Flynn gave me some good reviews. He said you actually stayed on track last episode, you ADHD fuck. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's very nice. Thanks, Flynn. Uh, Follow try. Fleeting Friends. Get on, friends. get on Fernando Investing. Fernando Investing and, and, and M- Anthony Pickley Art. That's, that's a great recommendation. All right, Abra. Abra.